Part 5, Chapter 8 of the Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Aaron Lebowitz. Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education by Charlotte Mason. Part 5, Chapter 8, Reading for Older Children. In teaching to read, as in other matters, c'est est le premier pas qui coule. The child who has been taught to read with care and deliberation till he has mastered the words of a limited vocabulary usually does the rest for himself. The attention of his teachers should be fixed on two points, that he acquires the habit of reading and that he does not fall into slipshod habits of reading. The Habit of Reading The most common and the monstrous defect in the education of the day is that children fail to acquire the habit of reading. Knowledge is conveyed to them by lessons and talk, but the studious habit of using books as a means of interest and delight is not acquired. This habit should be begun early, so as soon as the child can read at all, he should read for himself, and to himself, history, legends, fairy tales, and other suitable matter. He should be trained from the first to think that one reading of any lesson is enough to enable him to narrate what he has read, and will thus get the habit of slow, careful reading, intelligent even when it is silent, because he reads with an eye to the full meaning of every clause. Reading Aloud He should have practice, too, in reading aloud, for the most part, in the books he is using for his term's work. These should include a good deal of poetry to accustom him to the delicate rendering of shades of meaning, and especially to make him aware that words are beautiful in themselves, that they are a source of pleasure, and are worthy of our honor, and that a beautiful word deserves to be beautifully said, with a certain roundness of tone and a precision of utterance. Quite young children are open to this sort of teaching, conveyed not in a lesson, but by a word now and then. Limitation In this connection, the teacher should not trust the setting, as it were, a copy in reading for the children's imitation. They do imitate readily enough, catching tricks of emphasis and action in an amusing way. But these are mere tricks, an aping of intelligence. The child must express what he feels to be the author's meaning. And this sort of intelligent reading comes only of the habit of reading with understanding. Reading to Children it is a delight to older people to read aloud to children, but this should be only an occasional treat and indulgence, aloud before bedtime, for example. We must remember the natural inertness of a child's mind, give him the habit of being read to, and he will steadily shirk the labor of reading for himself. Indeed, we all like to be spoon-fed with our intellectual meat, or we should read and think more for ourselves and be less eager to run after lectures. Questions on the subject matter when the child is reading, he should not be teased with questions as to the meaning of what he has read, the signification of this word or that. What is annoying to older people is equally annoying to children. Besides, it is not of the least consequence that they should be able to give the meaning of every word they read. A knowledge of meanings, that is, an ample and correct vocabulary, is only arrived at in one way, by the habit of reading. A child unconsciously gets the meaning of a new word from the context, if not the first time he meets with it, 
than the second or the third, but he is on the lookout, and will find out for himself the sense of any expression he does not understand. Direct questions on the subject matter of what a child has read are always a mistake. Let him narrate what he has read, or some part of it. He enjoys this sort of consecutive reproduction, but abominates every question in the nature of a riddle. If there must be riddles, let it be his to ask and the teacher's to direct him to the answer. Questions that lead to a side issue or to a personal view are allowable, because these interest children. What would you have done in his place? Lesson Books A child has not begun his education until he has acquired the habit of reading to himself with interest and pleasure books fully on the level with his intelligence. I'm speaking now of his lesson books, which are all too apt to be written in a style of insufferable twaddle, probably because they are written by persons who have never chanced to meet the child. All who know children know that they do not talk in twaddle, and do not like it, and prefer that which appeals to their understanding. Their lesson books should offer matter for their reading, whether aloud or to themselves, Therefore, they should be written with literary power. As for the matter of these books, let us remember that children can take in ideas and principles, whether the latter be moral or mechanical, as quickly and clearly as we do ourselves, perhaps more so. But detailed processes, lists, and summaries blunt the edge of a child's delicate mind. Therefore, the selection of their first lesson books is a matter of grave importance because it rests with these to give children the idea that knowledge is supremely attractive and that reading is delightful. Once the habit of reading his lesson books with delight is set up in the child, his education is not completed but insured. He will go on for himself in spite of the obstructions which school too commonly throws in his way. Slipshod Habits Inattention I have already spoken of the importance of a single reading, if a child is not able to narrate what he has read once, let him not get a notion that he may, or that he must, read it again. A look of slight regret because there is a gap in his knowledge will convict him. The power of reading with perfect attention will not be gained by the child who is allowed to moon over his lessons. For this reason, reading lessons must be short. Ten minutes or a quarter of an hour of fixed attention is enough for children of the ages we have in view, and a lesson of this length will enable the child to cover two or three pages of his book. The same rule as to the length of a lesson applies to children whose lessons are read to them, because they are not yet able to read for themselves. Careless Enunciation It is important that, when reading aloud, children should make due use of the vocal organs, and for this reason, a reading lesson should be introduced by two or three simple breathing exercises. As, for example, a long inspiration with closed lips and a slow expiration with open mouth. If a child read through his nose, it is well to consult a doctor. An operation for adenoids may be necessary, which is rarely distressing and should be performed while children are young. Provincial pronunciation and slipshod enunciation must be guarded against. Practice in pure vowel sounds and the respect for words which will not allow of their being hastily slurred over should cure these defects. By the way, quite little children commonly enunciate beautifully, because a big word is a new acquirement which they delight in, and make the most of. Our efforts should be directed to make older children hold words in like esteem. The habit of minding your stops comes of intelligent reading. A child's understanding of the passage will lead him to correct pointing. 
End of part five, chapter eight.